0: If if somebody were going to say to you,
1: I want you to sum up the entire message of the the Book of Mormon in one word. you got to get one word. What would it be? Christ? Okay. I think that's certainly there. What else? Deliverance is the one that jumped out to me. And it's tied in to Christ, but it seems like all of the Book of Mormon is about deliverance in so many different varieties but always comes back to deliverance. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Yeah, that jumps out. That that's certainly there. Yeah. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Witness. It is a witness. Yeah. Remember. And forgetting, right? As <laughs> I like, don't forget. If it was remember, yeah. Yeah, Um. and we're back to deliverance Mm -hmm. and obedience, and we're back to deliverance. Yeah, and belief. belief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, today, today, (laughs) today. Yeah, I like that. All right, so there is a hope. There's a hope that things can be different, and that we can and that we can be uh, delivered from where we are. Okay, so. I want to so with that as a backdrop. Let's remind ourselves a little bit about um, when we, at the first of this semester when we started talking about information that was coming forward about uh, Josiah and the Deuteronomists and the effect that that had on Laman and Lemuel and how they viewed the world, the Jews in Jerusalem, how they viewed it, and then Laman and Lemuel are our Deuteronomists in the wilderness. They're the ones that are going to carry these themes. They're going to bring it to the promised land. You'll see it in King Noah. You'll see it in the, in the Zoramites. You're going to see it just carry out through the Book of Mormon. But let's remind ourselves who the Deuteronomists were. And remember, this is where King Josiah is trying to get people back to the law. But in, in, in bringing them back to the law, he's going to throw the baby out with the bath. He literally is going to double down on the law of Moses and miss the, the visionary... Uh, what we call the wisdom literature of Abraham and, and Adam and Noah and, and all of those. So here's a reminder that believing Deuteronomists, uh, prophets received revelation only to interpret the law. They're not getting new revelations. Anything they're getting is clarifying and understanding better the law. Therefore, if you have a visionary prophet like Jeremiah... Or Lehi, that, that's going to be a false prophet because it's new revelation. And we don't get new revelation, we just get clarification on the law. Salvation comes through the law of Moses, salvation comes by obeying the law of Moses. And so that's why we have to hold tightly to the law of Moses and hold tightly to whoever's interpreting the law of Moses. That tells us how we're going to be saved.
0: Where is the power in that?
1: Yeah, in kind of strict obedience. There's an advantage there in just saying I really don't have to... There's not a lot of accountability. Just do what the law tells you to do and I will be saved. It also left some holes, which meant there's a lot of other things I could do if I could twist the law however I wanted it to be twisted... Therefore, that leaves me free to cheat my neighbors or cheat in business things or whatever. So I can get through the cracks if I can get an interpretation on the law of Moses. Okay? Not unlike some parts of legal world today. Anyway. Uh, Salvation will only come to blood Israel, chosen Israel. That's why we hate the Samaritans. That's why we hate the Romans. That's why we, you know, because they're not blood-saved covenant Israel. So sad for you that you were born into the wrong family. Okay? And how can Jesus say that we're not going to be saved or that he can raise up children of Abraham out of rocks because, dang it, I was born... An Israelite. I'm born of the house of Israel. I can't mess that up. I just show my way my genealogy and I'm through the pearly gates. All right? Ordinances, saving ordinances can only take place where? In the temple. In the one temple. Any other temples outside of any other place would be an abomination. Now some of that ought to resonate with us a little, right? Okay. And by the way, did Lehi, just as a reminder, because I didn't put this in here, were were Lehi and Nephi believers in the law of Moses? Yeah, we're not throwing that out. But they saw the law of Moses, as throughout most of the Book of Mormon, they saw the law of Moses as leading to and a sign of the Saviour. So it's like recognizing that there will come a day when the law of Moses will be completed. And these guys are still focused back on that the law of Moses is, is inviolate. It will never change. Okay? And observing the law of Moses will save Israel physically from being conquered. If we're living the law of Moses, nobody can touch us. That was, again, that was built into the philosophy and everything of the Deuteronomists and the Jews in Israel. And so, for instance, if you hop over, for instance, to First Nephi 17 uh, today. Here's Laman and Lemuel at a, at, uh, a part where they're, he's, they're feuding with Nephi. And we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people. In spite of what Jeremiah was saying and Dad was saying, they are a righteous people. Why? Why are they righteous? For they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord and all His commandments according to the law of Moses. We are covered because we keep the law of Moses. Therefore we know they are a righteous people and our father hath judged them that's mean that's hate speech he hath judged them and hath led us away because we would hearken unto his words and our brother you are like them you don't like the law of Moses you hate Moses you don't believe in Moses what's wrong with you We're the ones that are really the righteous ones, and we're the ones, and so I know you do the Passover and all that stuff, but you don't really believe it. You believe, to quote uh, some of the Antichrist, you believe in a being that will never come. It's It's a frenzied idea. Because it's about the law of Moses, and you hate the law of Moses, and the Torah. And we're offended by that. We should stone you. After this manner of language, did my brother murmur and complain against us? Okay? Now, to a certain extent, okay, yeah, they were the whiny brothers and they did murmuring. We're going to talk about murmuring. But there was a certain extent to what, to what they understood, you could almost see it from their standpoint. What happens when these Mormon missionaries are coming in here and say there's more scripture? You hate the Bible. You have your own Bible. What's wrong with you? Don't you get it? Don't you love the Bible? I love the Bible. The Bi, In fact, we call the Bible the Word. How can you preach against the Word and say there's more Word? What's, because it's about the Bible. And we believe in God and you think you're going to be God's too. So, that, so that's crazy. It's about the Word. Don't preach to me about the Word. And by the way, I can do whatever else I want as long as I'm holding on to the Word and how we've interpreted it. That's why you're not Christian. Only Christi- Christians will only believe in the Bible. Anybody who believes that there's Scripture outside the Bible is not Christian. And, and our job is to protect the, the pure doctrines of the Word. And by the way, if you're going to say that then there's authority, now you start slapping around my pastor's who got their authority through the word. See see how this uh, this ought to resonate in a really big way to the world we live in, right? Okay. So that said, with that as a nice background here, let's now start. uh, 1 Nephi 15. I'm going to jump here a little bit. Because we're, we've now gone through this part where Lehi had, a, had his vision of the tree of life. Nephi is having this vision and everything that is contained in that vision of Nephi. Then he's going to get done with all of that vision. And then he's going to come kind of out of the vision... And there's, and there's the brothers. Uh, and the brothers are kind of complaining. We don't understand. Verse 7. We cannot understand the words which our father had spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree and also concerning the... Why in the world would Laman and Lemuel have problems with The olive tree and the Gentiles. Look through Deuteronomy's eyes. What's the problem here? They're not blood Israel. Israel. And why would Deuteronomy have problem with this? They don't keep the law. They don't keep the law. And and it's funny that in Nephi's dream he's going to say, These Gentiles, the gospel's going to come to them, and the words of a Jew are going to come, and we're going to get Columbus and all that, and they're going to accept it, and they're going to carry Israel on their shoulders, and there's on and on and on and on, and that they can be grafted in to Israel. So the problem with that is they're not blood Israel, they're not keeping the law of Moses. You can see why Laman and Lemuel would be choking. We cannot understand. And and he says, "Have ye inquired of the Lord?" And they said, "We have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us." Why? Yeah. It's supposed to come through the law and why? And by the way, why is the Lord I remember talking to a man once who, who said, "You know, I'm not sure you guys are Christian and and uh, Mormons believe this and this. And I said, if Jesus stood right in front of you and said, Joseph Smith is a prophet, and the Book of Mormon is true, what would you say? And he said, I wouldn't believe him because Jesus would never say that. <coughs> okay then. I'm just not even going there. What, and I said, "What if? what if... God stood in front of you and said, yes, I commanded Abraham to live polygamy. Now, I wouldn't believe that either because God would never say that. God would would never command somebody to commit adultery. (sighs) Okay. In other words, I'm not even going to allow my head to go to certain places. Okay. Uh, Have you inquired of of the Lord? No, we have not. For the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us how is it that you do not keep the commandments? How is it that you will perish because of the hardness of your heart? Now, if there is a theme that we're going to start finding here in this next couple of chapters, it is about how to get answers. Because it's going to to come across several different ways. But here we go. He's going to say... Do you not remember the things which the Lord said? And now here comes this three-part way to get answers. If you will not harden your hearts and ask me in faith, believing you shall receive. And number three, with diligence in keeping my commandments. Okay, so... So let's take these. Number one, if we're trying to get personal revelation in our own lives, Nephi is saying here's the pattern that exists for us. First of all, we have to start with a soft and open heart. We have not hardened, okay? Why is that so critical? Why is it so important we have soft, open heart? Well, I think
0: Moroni says that if you will ask with a sincere
1: yeah wanting, wanting. And, and, so, and so when we talk about our hearts being soft what are we really saying teachable, teachable. and that may mean that I am open to new ideas and, and new information sometimes so many people we're trying to talk to have a hardening of the categories <laughs> and not much is going to get in because it, it is going so contrary to what they have thought and what they have believed. But that means if I'm going to be open to an answer, I have to be open to new information, new knowledge, outside of what I was expecting. What if you've got a child that is, that is uh, struggling with the church or doing bad things or leaving the church or whatever? And you're going to kneel down, and in your prayer, you're going to say what? Soften their heart. Now, you may even say, bring somebody into their life, change this, affect that, have something, conferences coming up, have something affect them, uh, do this, uh, have this happen to them. Uh, I would hate for them to go through adversity, but it brings them adversity, if that's the thing that will turn their hearts around. Because the most important thing is I want their heart turned around. And we have a preconceived idea of what? How God will change them, right? I know, this is how it works. And not only that, we have a preset idea of what time frame? Now. (laughs) So, So what if your heart is open and the Lord says, Well, this is going to take a while. And you know what? They may not do it in time to get their Eagle Scout. Just saying. <laughs> and in your heart, you're going to go, No, no, that's a no, it's not supposed to work that way. <laughs> because I'm not open to however the Lord's going to work. I'm open to what I want. And my time frame. And none of that is bad stuff. None of it, you're not asking amiss for evilness. The things you're asking for all have the best of intent. But it may still be different from what the Lord has in mind. So our openness has to be open to the Lord's ways, His timing to do the good stuff. In, and that's sometimes hard for us. Man, we wanted our way. And we're saying, and this is really a good thing I'm asking for. I know. We'll do it my way. So that means sometimes our ability to then kneel in prayer is not busy telling him what to do and then waiting for confirmation. Our ability to get answered to prayer is our ability to kneel and say, I'm wide open. Wherever, whatever this needs to be, let me know what that is. I'm open. Okay? Sometimes I see Latter-day Saints really struggling with being open. And we're congratulating ourselves for being fairly open. And it turns out we're really kind of not. Does that make sense? Okay. That's one. Now the next part to this is... Asking and... Believing. I can't tell you how many people have come through my office. And and they're almost... Um, Quoting Laman and Lemuel (laughs) well have you prayed about this no I know that the Lord maketh no you know maketh no such thing known unto me how about the bishop's wife oh she gets answers yeah how about your friend yeah they get answers what about your mom yeah they get answers what about you I know that the Lord maketh no such thing known unto me why why because, part of, I don't ask, but I don't believe that the Lord would give answers to me. So fast and testimony meeting is particularly hard because everybody else is getting answers in fasting testimony meeting. And they're hearing visions and miraculous things and everything. But it doesn't happen to me. Therefore, I don't believe that the Lord is really answering my prayers. The other thing that I see a lot is the evangelical prayer. With all due respect to our wonderful brothers and sisters in evangelical settings. If we say to them, does God answer prayers? Yes. How do you know God answers prayers? It happened. How do we know? Are you going to hear a voice? Is there going to be a spirit telling you what to do? No, it occurred. It occurred. We prayed for it, and it happened. God answered my prayers, and the buyer came for our house. And God answered our prayers, and we found a job. And and oftentimes, that, that's how that occurs. But how often do we get caught in that trap to say, God really answered my prayers, and... It didn't happen. Therefore, I know what? God doesn't answer my prayers. Because we weren't asking, or we weren't listening... Or we had a set idea in our mind about how it was supposed to occur, and that specific thing didn't happen, or it didn't happen in the time frame that we thought. Okay. Now the third part is we have an open, so we got to have an open heart. We got to ask and believe that the Lord is going to give us answers. And then the third part is. I'm always amazed by the people that get the revelation to do one thing or another and haven't been keeping very many of the commandments. Uh, the, you know, over the weekend, there were a bunch of people that were kind of huffed up in the fact that church is new policy, so we're going to all leave the church in mass. We want the press there so that we can all tear up our recommends together, except that there wasn't recommends. Because when they started going through and interviewing people, what they find? Well, I haven't been to church for ten years. Huh? I haven't been to church for five years. I haven't... Okay. So I'm just showing up to, to... You know, for... And so, I'm sure that there were some in there that were active and now I'm leaving. But it was amazing how many of them hadn't been going to church for a long time and now we're going to make a public spectacle of this thing. And yet, those... Those are the ones without the spirit and the guidance that are saying to everybody else, you know. I think President Monson's wrong on (laughs) this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? This
0: these people who um were are born and raised in the church, they may not realize that this whole concept is actually um kind of foreign in other religions in the United States. At least I was raised Baptist. Yeah.
1: Or get the prayer warriors at the church together and we're going to have 25 or 50 loving people that are all praying for your thing, right? Yeah. For myself, that's really not it is, of it. it's different, isn't it? And to get those answers. That. Isn't that awesome? But you're right, it is a foreign concept it really is that's why we at, 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 I've mentioned this before at BYU we were the, the interesting thing is we were giving psychological tests one of the major psychological batteries that we would give to people was a series of questions and one of them is does God speak to you?
0: <laughs>
1: yes well load on the schizophrenic side they've gone psychotic and and we and we had to keep pushing back against the uh, American Psychological Association and saying, No Mormons really believe this. <laughs> really? And not only that, an amazing amount of Mormons say, I've never stolen anything. And the APA goes, Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just proof you're trying to lie good. I'm 18, I'm more yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Really? We're just weird. Weirdos yeah <laughs> yeah exactly okay so let's let's go back then to 1st Nephi 15 huh? okay alright so, so Nephi is going to try and explain to them uh, at that day when the Messiah comes, the remnant of our seed will know that they are of the house of Israel. What's that really saying? At that day, the remnant, and who's the remnant of the, the remnant of our seed? Whose seed? Lehi. Lehi's family. So this is Nephi and Laman and Lemuel's seed, and those seeds are Lamanites, okay? Uh, At that day, the remnant of our seed shall know that they are of the house of Israel. Meaning that they won't know that they're of the house of Israel. And that they are the covenant people of the Lord. And then shall they come to a knowledge of their forefathers. Meaning, Lehi, Nephi, and... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They'll come to a knowledge of their forefathers. And also the knowledge of the gospel of their Redeemer, which was ministered unto their fathers, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, so for a lot in the house of Israel to say, there was a concept of Jesus Christ that was taught to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That they knew who he was. We'll find that in the Bible. That's part of what the Deuteronomists over time left out. What we have restored to us in the book of Abraham and Enoch and all of those, that they understood exactly who the Savior was, is now no longer in the Bible. So it's another sign that says that the Book of Mormon is restoring, modern revelation is restoring what the Deuteronomists left out. Does that make sense? And because of that, the Lamanites and many in the house of Israel still struggle. Okay? All right. Now. I'm gonna hop over here. Okay, yeah, let's let's now go over to. So they're going to teach him. They're going to get ready to go. All this time now, the family's been sitting in the valley of Laman. And Lemuel? Lemuel. Laman. So they've been sitting there. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord spake unto my father at night and commanded him that on the morrow he should take his journey into the wilderness. So now we're about to break camp and we're now leaving All the things that have happened in this valley, the temple that he created there with with sacrifices and the tent and all that kind of stuff, now they're breaking camp. So he gets prepared. We're now heading off into the wilderness. Where are we going to go? I don't know. Just go. So off they go. He's all set. Now, in the morning though, (coughs) we're going to get... And it came to pass, verse 10, that as my father arose in the morning to do what? To leave. He was now committed to go. We're now leaving. We're breaking camp. We're going. So he's telling everybody the night before, we're leaving tomorrow morning, break camp, get ready to go. We're, you know, we're gonna wake up at 600 yawn and we're out of here, so we'll make good time. Yeah. Isn't that a great question? Or, here's the other one that, I, that I've i always thought about, because I, I might have a tendency at that point if I'm Lehigh, go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be this
1: whiny all the way along, you want to go back? Go have fun. You're now married. You guys are adults. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Okay? Okay. And, and and instead, what happens is, and we'll show in a second, the Lord works actually very hard in opening all the doors for them to choose to stay, because they could have gone back, right? Very easily could have said, "Take a couple camels, some food, see you later." The house is still there. Yeah, well, the left stuff left is left. Gone. Stuff gone. Yeah. Layman's, you know, Layman's dead. We don't know who got our stuff, but mm-hmm. but if you want to go back, go back. How come they didn't go back?
0: Yeah, they're
1: kind of on this and so it's kind of a wishy-washy what if he is right? Yeah. That's <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. The one of the strong things, if you are living the law of Moses, who are you supposed to follow? Your patriarch, your father. So there's the other thing that's up against them that says we also if we're gonna we're kind of boxed in here. We think dad's a whack job. But we are living the law of Moses. But he is kind of a whack job, but he is our patriarch. So if we're going to be a believing Deuteronomist, we'd better stay with him. Yeah. I thought it's interesting that they felt it necessary to kill them. Yeah. why they didn't just leave. Right. But they said they would kill them. And, and, and we're going to say, I'll show you in a second one of the reasons why I think that, one of those times why they stayed. Okay? Because there's gonna be some reasons why they've continued to hang out. And there is that that angel thing, you know, that is kind of in the back here. Okay. Now, it came to pass that as my father arose in the morning and went to the tent door, to his great astonishment, he beheld upon the ground a round ball of curious workmanship, and it was of fine brass. And within the ball were two spindles the one point of the way whether we should go into the wilderness. Now, we don't know, there's a lot of interpretations about how this worked. Uh, it makes sense to me that uh, when, the, the, in another case, we're seeing two spindles. It makes sense to me that when the spindles were separate, that they don't go anywhere, that when the spindles come together and now there's one spindle, now we go. Okay? Okay? But that said, I, I need you to see the order, first of all, because there's so much that we're about to talk about. With the, the more I read up and the more I studied, the more I thought about the Liahona, the more amazing this thing becomes. Uh, for one thing, what, what were they told the night before? Go. Were they ready to go? Yes. Would they have gone without the Liahona? Sure they would. So to me, one of the... Lesson number one here that I put. Verse 9. The voice comes. We're willing to do it. And then the means is provided. How often do we reverse that? Here, here we're calling you to do this. Well, give me the means to do it. And then I will do it. And the Lord says, no, the revelation will come first you commit to do it, and then the means is provided second. We need you to speak in church. No, 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 no. I'm a horrible speaker. I don't do well. I might think, uh and throw up and embarrass myself and forget what I'm saying. No, no, no. I don't speak in church. Can't tell you how many times in my office I have this conversation. Among Latter-day Saints, it's one of the... So you struggle with anxiety. yes. Can you speak in church? No! It's one of those ways I know how bad the anxiety is. Okay? So how many times do we put this on the Lord to say, I will follow as long as you tell you when you give me the means to, to pull this off. And the Lord says, I will reveal what you need to do. You must start moving. And then the means will be provided. And this is one of those times. Go. Go into the wilderness. Okay? But the means will come later. Oh, okay. And they didn't even know when they woke up that there would be means. I don't think the Lord is saying to him, it's okay, I know you're really scared, but tomorrow morning when you wake up, there'll be something under the tree for you. I don't think, that's how it works. Okay? Now, I want to do this in order, because, because there's so much that goes on with the Liahona. Um, there, there have been, uh, I was reading some uh, breakdowns in terms of the name, Liahona. By the way, the first time we use the word Liahona is Alma 37, and we'll talk about that in a sec. These guys call it the director or the ball, um, but I want you to see something kind of important here. And, and maybe the best way to, to describe this is um, there is a difference this doesn't make any sense I'll tell you exactly how this there, there is there is a difference between the way that we hear spiritual um, symbolism and direction in a dream, in a vision in our lives, in church there's a difference between that and how it actually plays out in life, in reality. There's a jump here. So, 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 let me just say this: in the Book of Mormon, what did we first? What did we just get with? Um, um the, we got the dream of Lehi, and he's got, and ne- Nephi gets to participate in the same dream. And what do we got? We got they're going to start in a wilderness. They're going to make a way to this wonderful tree, this kind of promised land thing, between where we are in the wilderness and here where we are going to be beset by and have to struggle through dark mists and things, right? Now, in Lehi and Nephi's dream, how do we get from the wilderness to the promised land? We have an iron rod. Wahoo. So we're going to be able to follow the iron rod. And, that, and there's a path, that says, that led along the side of the iron rod. So to get from the wilderness to the promised land in the dreams, we have an iron rod and a path. And you have to be willfully going for the, for the great and spacious building to screw this up. All you've got to do is follow the rod and the path. You can close your eyes and follow the rod and the path and make it to the tree. Unless you're really pushing, you're going to reject the whole thing altogether like Layman and Lemuel and go for the building. There, this is this is like, uh, you can't mess this up. It's like when I used to, in England, I, I was loved, loved the people in England as missionaries. Um... Uh, and we would ask somebody, we're trying to get to Canterbury Street. So we would stop somebody on the street and say, because we had no GPS or anything back then, and it's like, how do we, hello? Can you tell us where Canterbury Street is? And they'd say, oh, yes. And of course, in England, everything is directed by the pubs, right? (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. Go all the way down to the Bull and Cock. Hang a left to the dancing pony. Turn left here and then right past that, just before you get to uh, uh, the the meandering ball, the street is on your left. And then they would always say, and you can't miss it. Right here, thank you so much. We'd start walking and they would literally, and I remember time after time, They'd be standing in the middle of the street. There's the bull and cock. Turn left. You can't miss it. And then we would. We're, you know. Okay? Alright. So there's there's the reality. The reality is in the dreams and we get fiery darts and rods of iron and we... And we hear about all these things spiritually from the pulpit. Then we go home. We wake up on Monday morning. Here comes reality. So here's reality for these guys. Okay? Yeah? People dream that
0: saying
1: boat either. No. No. That's right. But, but notice how this is going to work. Okay? We're in the wilderness. The Lord says, now you have to go. Great. We'll go, and I prom, I've given you a promised land. Where is it? Don't know. It's out there. Awesome. Okay. Now, they wake up in the morning, and, and do they get like like the yellow brick road? The, there it is. We can see it. Where's the rod? Oh, yeah, it's right there. We'll just follow it. It'll be good. What do they get? The liahona. Here's the difference between reality and the dream. In the dream, follow the rod. In, with the Leahona, what do you get? Where's it leading? There. Go there. So they do have something physical. That's cool. But it's going to still say. So the spindles are going to go. Mm, go there. Okay, where are we going? There. How far? Don't know. Where's it leading it to? We don't know that either. Right? Now, later on, they'll go, Hey, it seemed to be leading us to the fertile places. That was nice. Where there was water and food and stuff. But at the time, all they know is, yeah. Go there. Do
0: you suppose they had any idea what
1: it was? No. But I don't they think... They
0: probably never seen. And that.
1: not only that, if they said, You know what, in the dream, we had a rod. Mm-hmm. And we could see the tree. This is like, you know, and I, I picture like they wake up and the wind is blowing, and so you see the sand coming off the dunes, and, and the spindle goes there. Go there. Okay, where are we going? There. The, the Leahona says go there. How far are we going? We don't know. It just off across the burning sand. You can't miss it. Turn left of the Bull and Cock. Okay? Now, so so what happens these days? We go, be good Mormons. Be a good mom. What does it take to be a good mom?
0: <laughs>
1: be a good Christian. Go there. Really? Don't, couldn't we get... It would be easier if we had the iron rod and the path... And the directions, we can do this with our eyes closed. And the Lord says, Go there.
0: I went to England too, and it reminds me of the film conference. You get all fired at the film conference, and then you have to leave the film conference and go out in the cold, rain, and figure out what to do, right? It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. All I can say is England is not that bad to (laughs) you. It is in February
1: and March, I'll just say that. Okay, and because you're right. We go to this zone conference and every missionary is like, wrong, wrong, wrong. You guys go be great missionaries. Yeah, we're warriors for Christ. Yeah, we're out of here. We're, we're the army of Helaman. Ha, 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 ha. All right, and then you go out there that afternoon. It's like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> the reality kind of bites. It's not, it's not what the spiritual idea was. Yeah,
0: It's kind of like our new member that spoke last night at the fireside. He said, I'm still waiting for the new guy ma- uh, manual to yes. show up in the mail. You're supposed so to know be a what good Mormon. What, do. what does
1: that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Go there. Really? Yeah. So, And I think that's where we struggle because sometimes if you're trying to say, am I being, uh, what does it mean to be, uh, we had a lady sitting in our ward yesterday, bless her heart. She's our new Relief Society president. Oh. Oh. Sustainer, hey, we're going to call her, okay, congratulations, Sister Farr, you are our new Relief Society president, and she's like, and I'm on the stand thinking, well, she totally gets it. Yeah, in our church it's not about like I'm the, I'm the Relief Society president yay. No it's no
0: It's yay it's not me
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It's like the PTA president we'll just find, Ah, Let's have Sister Moon do it Okay good it's not me <laughs> so, so this morning Sister Farr is sitting there going I'm supposed to be a good Relief Society president Read the manual <laughs> How do you be a good Relief Society president And the Liahona is going to say, go that direction. And you're not going to always know. Are you? So that's why I say, we live in a world where we're going to have iron rod principles that we get from our theology. But when it comes to the day to day, get up in the morning and start going across the burning sand. It's a Liahona process, not an iron rod process. Does that make sense? And that means less, less direction. That means more trusting on the real Liahona. Which is where I want to go with this next. That, that, we, that we do have a Liahona. And it was meant that we would each have our own Liahona. Okay? Okay, so with, but, so with Liahona lives then... We're going to have a clear direction in which to go. But no step-by-step path. And we think we do, but, but at the same time, for each individual case, there's a lot of variability. You're supposed to do family home evening. What does that look like? Adapt it to the needs of your family. Yeah, absolutely. we are going to read the manual. I love that the like the like the, the lesson manuals of the church, they're getting thicker or thinner? Yeah. Why? Trust you rather than why is faith important? <laughs> okay. Now we will read. We have this want we want to depend on the step-by-step cookbook and the and the, the Lord through his leaders are saying, trust your own Ahona. Teach a spiritual lesson. What does that mean? I don't know. You were called because you have skills and insight and knowledge and experience. Teach according to the Spirit, according to your own Liahona. So, Liahona lives, we're going to have clear direction, but no step by step. Our direct course, though, can be altered by doubts. Let, let Let me explain what that means. Let's bounce over for a second over to the first 16. Nephi 1638. You're laying <laughs> on head. The, the way Nephi has recorded this, they do kind of come off two-dimensional. <laughs> like they're just always the foils against the good stuff, right? And I I think it's much more nuanced than that. I think oftentimes they were well intentioned. But but so many times, and this is one of them, they come off as kind of the the villain in the James Bond movie kind of thing, you know? All right. 36, they did murmur against my father, against me. They were desirous to turn unto Jerusalem. We should always go back. 38, now, he says, meaning Nephi, he says that the Lord has taught to him. By the way, you wonder why Laman and Lemuel stayed? He says that the Lord talked to him. Look at the first line of 39. And it came to pass that the Lord with his, was with us. And the voice of the Lord came and spoke many words unto them. Well, he, you said God talked to you. Well, he talked to you too. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <Guess> we're going. <laughs> the Lord talk, he said that the Lord has talked unto him. Also, that angels have ministered unto him, and you. Oh, yeah. But, and listen listen to this. But behold, we know that he, Nephi, lies to us, and tells us these things, and he worketh many things by his cunning arts. What do they think Nephi created with his cunning art? The home. Remember, Nephi has Nephi's got some skills. What kind of skills? Metal Metalworking Metal skills. He knows a good sword when he sees it. When they get to bountiful, he knows how to make ore and make tools. Nephi he has a the the, the boys have got nice bows. Nephi's got a steel bow. Nephi is a metallurgist or has great, he has a lot of metal skills. So, well, wait a minute, Laman and Lemuel, there are there was the Leahona, that hard thing. I know you didn't see the rod of iron, because you didn't believe that the Lord would reveal that to you, but there is the Leahona thing. And their response to that was ah, we think you made it. Why would I make the Leahona? Well that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness and deceive our eyes. And after he has led us away, he thought to make himself a king. Yes, the angel said he would because of your unrighteousness. Make himself a king and a ruler over us uh, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. Okay, so when we go back to... Our direct course, if we're going there, can we be affected by doubts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Doubts in? Yeah, but through our own disobedience. What else? Doubts in? ourselves. The Lord maketh no answers made known unto me. Did you get a prompting? Yeah, but I can't believe it. Or worry. Or worry, or worry that, worry, worry what? pushes it away. Why would you push it away? What, what, what would you worry about?
0: Everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. How about the Lord doesn't give me answers because I'm not worthy enough to get answers. So I will I will doubt myself. I may doubt the prophets. You know this first this uh, uh, change to the handbook. It's only a policy. It's not doctrine. What does that mean? Can I can change. Oh, it can. Well, you know, this is—it well, was like blacks in the priesthood. You know, it changed. What about women in the priesthood? I can change too. It's all changeable. It's just policy. So we don't really have to follow policy because they are kind of old. President Monson's a really nice guy with lots of nice stories, but. he's doddering a little bit. How do we really know? And Joseph Smith, I thought Joseph Smith was a good guy, but now people are saying some mean things about him. So maybe, you know, so you start getting all of these doubts that start to come in and say, I'm going to doubt. I'm amazed at the return missionaries that sit in my office and say, "Uh, I served a great mission. I uh, helped a lot of people find the church, and now I think Joseph Smith it was a fraud. So I'm going to doubt very much what? The things that I felt and the things that I've seen. Well, Lehmann Lemuel, Lemuel you, you saw an angel. Yeah, but you know what? I, you know, Maybe Nephi made that one up. What about the Leahona? That's pretty cool. The word's written on there, and it points, and nobody's touching it. Well, we think he made it by his cunning art. If our doubts can come along, now if we're about to head off across a Liahona desert, which is going to be tough to get across the desert, and the Liahona is just pointing a general direction, now if we have doubts, maybe we're better off going back to Jerusalem rather than going ahead.
0: This is the big and spacious building.
1: Well, at least the big and spacious building, they seem to be having a good time. They're not eating raw meat. Right. They seem to be having a party all the time. And they're dressed really cool. What's that was that your fingers at you. They are they, they seem to be smarter too. They have got that scientific method. They're so much smarter than we are. Okay. So our direct our direct course can be altered by doubts. It can also be altered by Forgetting. Forgetting what? What we, know. what we know. Let's hop over to Alma 37. Always love when another Book of Mormon prophet can give us a... Is put in here? I did <coughs> Alma, in handing off the, uh, the plates and the liahona and everything to his son is going to choose that moment to use this as a wonderful chance to teach some lessons. And he's going to talk about that the liahona. I have somewhat to say concerning this thing which our fathers called a ball or directors, or our fathers called it the liahona. The Hebrew word for that is kind of interesting. It kind of means uh, God is our, is our way. God is our, is our path. So there's a double meaning here. We're not just finding our way to the promised land, but like Elder Bednar said, the, the Leahona was a physical object that led them not just to the promised land, but it led them to God spiritually. There was a spiritual path here. So I have so much to say concerning the thing which our fathers called Bow, uh, or the director, our father called Leah to be an interpreted the compass, and the Lord prepared it, not Nephi. And there cannot be any man, including Nephi work after the man was so curious of workmanship. And it was prepared to show our fathers the course they should travel. And it did work according to their... Kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? So it's not, just, it's not just based on the direction to go, but it's also based on their faithfulness. We're back to finding answers. Okay? It did work according to their faith, and if their faith to believe that God would cause these spindles should point the way they should go, it was done. Therefore, they had this miracle and many other miracles... Brought by the power of God day by day. Nevertheless, because those miracles were worked by small means. It did show unto them marvelous works. They were slothful and forgot to exercise their faith and diligence. Then the marvelous works ceased and they did not progress in their journey. they tarried in the wilderness, they didn't travel in direct course, they were afflicted with hunger and thirst because of their transgressions now let me stop for a sec so what is the danger of having a Lehi life across the burning sands, he's saying one of the dangers of this is what what's the problem here you may struggle with your faith You may doubt. What else?
0: Lose direction.
1: You might lose direction. Why? Why would you lose direction?
0: You're not following the
1: words. Yeah, you're getting you're exactly right. You're gonna be slothful. You're gonna forget to exercise your faith and those marvelous work seats, and they did not progress, and they didn't travel in direct course. Guys, you're not going to do the path perfectly. Despite your best efforts, there are gonna be times that you're kind of slothful. Your prayers aren't as good as they were. Your scripture reading isn't as good as it was. There are times, to be honest, your visiting teaching is kind of stinky at the moment. It's going to happen. And the, uh, the whole idea of a liahona inside us, when they would start to become slothful, what would happen with the actual liahona? Not only would it stop working, but... Yeah, the spindles wouldn't line up, so we're stopping because the, 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 they're no longer lined up. And their words and writing started to show up on the liahona. And they would look at it and go, Ah! Okay, repent. Do we have our own liahonas? Yes. Specifically, it's our, our own heart. And our heart is to be our internal liahona that leads us in that direction. And when we start to go in kind of a weird path... What happens? Words get written on our liahona. It's going to lead us back. So we were starting to wander here and then we go back here. In other words, your path will not be a straight line, it won't be a direct course, I promise. do when the words show up and, or we find ourselves becoming wandering up? well you know it has been a hard year ah or it was a policy what would you know I'm trying my best or I really think the bishop is on kind of a toot and so I'm really not needing to follow exactly what he's saying anyway
0: would the atonement make our path straight once we've repented <sighs> So, over the course of our life, it will be a straight line if we repent
1: along the way. So, if we, so, if we start in verse forty-four, behold, it's easy to give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you where in a straight course to eternal bliss, as it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass, which would point them in a straight course to the promised land. I believe that as we mature spiritually. Our wobbling should become less and less and less over time. Our course becomes straighter. Don't you find, those of you that have a little snow on the mountain here, and a senior saint, don't you find that the gospel becomes a little simpler over time? It's not quite as complicated. aren't nearly as many distractions or comparisons. Yes. move. Yes. because Because we're so afraid that we are, we may be going down the wrong path or something. But but more than anything, if we're listening to that internal Leahona, it's saying move, go, and and course correct as you go along. But you can't course correct if you're standing still. And as you, and by the way, as you go down the road, again, is it easier for us with well, a few years? Is the gospel easier to live than when you were sixteen and seventeen? Sixteen and seventeen. There's a lot of more external pressures and you're wondering about this and that and stuff like that I get older it's just like that stuff is less and less important I think you have perspective you've weathered a lot of these type of things Yeah. and you know that if you just keep on this straight it's going to be an easier life for you you've come to experience the fact that there there is water source on the other side of that dune it always tends to happen When you're younger, you're going, we don't know about that one, but we like Jerusalem a lot. That seemed to be cooler there. Okay? So we can say, is there not a type in this thing? 45, just as surely as this director did bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ that we follow their course carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a better land of promise. Okay? I just love how, uh, so therefore, let us not be slothful because of the, let let me stop for a second. Before general conference comes, take away, take away all of the, somebody's particular way of saying something or a great story uh, or um, uh, a way that a quote comes out. Before we even turn on general conference, don't we know what they're going to say? Before we begin, I'll bet there's one on repentance. What do you think? Yeah, I will bet there's one on charity too. Yep, I think it was. How about one on obedience? Yep, I think so. How about one on being a better home teacher? Probably. In this last one, they said, "Doubt not your faith, doubt your doubt." Yeah, and, and so we're getting what we're. We're getting those kind of things, but the overall theme doesn't seem kind of simplistic. Don't we want more fireworks? Maybe the exciting part is where the next temple is. Man, you know, I always, I always tune personally. I never, I never miss the first session of conference because I want him to say we have bought the Kirtland Temple. you <laughs> waiting for that one. Correct. Correct. Uh, I guess we're not buying the Kirtland Temple yet. Okay. <laughs> now I'll endure all of the repentance talks that come later
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true let's, let's turn on and watch the three new apostles there's excitement and, and we knew that it, the uh, people, more people would be paying attention Saturday morning and they, were. and they were and it turned out that it was the afternoon session and they tricked us
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those people Okay. Alright. Let's see. The time we got left. So, we're trying to prepare to let us lead lies. Let's see. Oh, so let me finish then. That for, for those that are doubting and struggling, one of the ways that this oftentimes comes out, I think is in... Uh, murmuring, and that it's just this tendency that we have, and it's one of those things that Nephi kind of stuck to Laman and Lemuel, and we kind of reinforced that with them. But uh, but uh, Neil Maxwell, Neil Maxwell was always one of those that it was easier, it was better to read his talks than listen to it, because you were drinking out of a fire hose because every line was so powerful. Okay, Neil Maxwell. Um, murmuring first the murmurer often lacks the courage to express openly his concern ouch second murmurers make good conversational cloak holders (laughs) thank you Paul though picking up no stones themselves they provoke others to do so Oh man. Yeah. They may they may be going along with the with the crowd on the Liahona path, but they're not happy about it and they're and they're complaining the whole time. You ought to say something to somebody. You should. You should do that. You should do that. Boy, if I were you, I would say this. I wouldn't let the bishop get away with that. Conversational clocal. That's awesome. I didn't throw any stones at Stephen, really. I just held their coats. Third, while a murmurer insists on venting his own feelings, he regards any response thereto as hostile. Therefore, murmurers seldom take into account the bearing capacity of their audiences. It's one of the reasons why we're so careful in, in who is called to teach the youth. Because somebody may str- be struggling with something in the church. Seminary is not the place to be unloading those concerns. Fourth, murmurs have short memories. Strange, isn't it, brothers and sisters, how, how those with the shortest memories have the longest list of demands. However, with no remembrance of past blessings, there's no perspective about what is really going on. And I think that's what happens, and I think the more we murmur, the more we kind of slow down in our Leahona journey. Because it isn't as clear-cut. Because we're going to have to trust the internal guide inside of us to get us across the sand. Okay. So let me, let me finish then with this. And this is this is how and we're going and we get a chance to see it. Here's the major difference then between ha- how, that, how that affects us as we go down the road. With Nephi versus Laman and Lamb. He's gonna say, and so great were the blessings upon the Lord upon us that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck to their children, were strong. They were like unto the men; They began to bear their journeys without murmurings. Okay. Laman and Lemuel. We have wandered in the wilderness for these many years, and our women have toiled, being big with child, and they have born children in the wilderness, and suffered all things, save it for death. And it was better that they should die before they came out of Jerusalem, where life was good, than have to suffer these afflictions. They were there for the same thing. Our murmuring, though, changes the way that we view the same events. I call this the difference between telling a, a gratitude story and a victim story of our life. When we, when we tell a gratitude story, we see, it, we see the overall perspective. I've gone through many afflictions in my life. Nevertheless, the Lord has been very merciful unto me. Versus, this journey was just awful. Look at what it did. Okay. Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness that we might have enjoyed our possession in the land of our inheritance, and we might have been happy. (laughs) And and thus we see, Nephi says, that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing he has commanded. The journey is not a straight course. How we view the journey as we follow this makes all the difference. And that's why I, I don't think the Lord intended for us to live iron rod lives. That's a nice principle to follow the word of God. But how that comes out in reality is having to do some trusting of our own Leahona inside us. And boy, we struggle with that because we don't want to make mistakes and we don't want to mess it up. But at the end of the day, we will be happy, except when we allow ourselves to become kind of hung up on the nakedness. So part of what we get then, if you look at, let me just wrap it up by saying this. I don't think it's a a, uh, surprise at all that Nephi is going to give us this chapter on have you inquired about the Lord and how you get answers to prayers. And then we get this wonderful exposition on the Liahona and how it worked. I think the Liahona is the way that we get answers to prayers. I pray that we can listen to that this week as it guides and directs us. And I leave that with you in Jesus' name. amen. Amen.